Hello, Richard. Nice to see you again. Well, it was so uh, wonderful to see you the last time. I can't imagine how great it's going to be this time. <laughs> well, this time we're going to be talking about your relationship with the Pet Shop Boys Indeed. and particularly your single with them, Left to My Own Devices, uh, which feels like a really appropriate uh, title these days with everybody on their devices the whole time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so yeah. why did Trevor Horan call you for Left to My Own Devices? Well, this was my first time uh, working with the Pet Shop Boys, Neil Tennant and Chris Lowe. And right. Trevor, of course, I had done other stuff for him. And mm -hmm. he just thought I was the right guy to do this. I mean, again, maybe Ann Dudley was sick or something. Um, I'm very, <laughs> very grateful to her doctor for being terrible at his job. Because <laughs> whenever she got a cold, I, I seemed to get some work. But anyway, um, he called me up and he said, I've got something that's, in, I think, down your alley and it's got a big introduction section where we want you to write something over it and uh i listened to the lyric and of course the first thing about the pet shop boys is that the lyrics are really superb and they always have oh, yeah. them. and neil Tennant is a very very clever uh person well educated really knows what he's talking about and he expresses himself very very well and he he and he and Chris conceptualized this whole thing of the, what they do with the Pet Shop Boys very in a very interesting way because there was always an intellectual um, attitude towards it, everything that they did as well as the somewhat visceral Euro disco beat that everything has, which appeals to their core audience of tight jeaned white t-shirt mustachioed men who who absolutely <laughs> love their music and i must say also many many women i mean uh, mm -hmm. i'm in touch with some of their biggest uh, human uh, female fans and yeah. and i must say they, yeah. they, they just adore these guys and they adore the records so it's not just the gay male uh, population that that loves their records but but everybody mm -hmm. on that scene and so uh yeah. Neil, Neil and Chris uh, understood that, and especially Neil. And I ha have to also say that my uh, relationships with the guys, um, I really didn't see very much of Chris at all. He would sometimes drop into the studio for a few minutes and smile and look around and leave. Because I don't know why, but uh, maybe he was bored by what I was doing, or maybe he just thought, <laughs> this is cool. I'm not needed. I can go out and have fun. So, so I mainly dealt with Neil, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, and and it was it was a great pleasure because he was very articulate about what he wanted. Now, on this one, I I of course Trevor was producing. So, what Trevor told me was that he wanted the whole introduction was very dark, and he wanted it yeah. to be like a Russian movie, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so and and literally for about a minute and a half, there was nothing there except for these chords. <laughs> and, and so <clears throat> I thought, okay, fine. That is a tabla rasa. This, this is, you know, <laughs> a blank slate for me to go crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and, you, and, you, and you, you did, I love what you've done. I mean, wow. 
Yeah. And what a way to, to start a, a track as well with like that, that <laughs> energy. It's brilliant. Yeah. So it, good. Was, it was great fun. And, and I, I just, it was the first thing that occurred to me. And as an arranger, I often uh, take the attitude that the first idea that pops into your head is probably the best because mm-hmm. you're reacting just purely musically to the whole thing before you sit down and start taking notes and all of that stuff before the technical kicks in you have to go with something which will always be real which is your emotional visceral uh reaction to it what 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 emotion are we trying to get across to the audience to the listener and so that was it and so i i got this kind of russian vibe and and uh that's what that's what we did and uh I must say, it, it, the recording of it was was very easy. Um, everything that was done on it, I, I can't remember exactly, but it was not a huge orchestra. But but you know, mm-hmm. there were some very nice woodwinds in there going, and they were kind of <laughs> echoing some of the synthesizer sounds that were going on. And uh, of course, the French horn took its toll uh later on and of course that's a very heroic powerful yeah. uh, thing so you can write all kinds that's of cool. overblown stuff and yeah. so so that was fun to do but but really that was yeah. it and i i can't claim any more uh involvement than going in and giving it some you know russian borscht and, <laughs> and, and hoping that would do the trick well, it obviously did because then you were you know, you continued to work with them for so many more years. Yes, um, yes and so had so many different different records with them. Um, what was the next stage after well, that? Well, the next thing that I was called for was was Go West, which was another huge hit. Oh, and yeah. Of course, this was a a cover version of the Village People hit, um, and they had to think of some other way of doing it. And so they had done a track, which was again, the, the Pet Shop Boys classic Euro disco, uh, get down with your bad self on the, on the dance floor with the glitter ball. They, they had already done that. And then they said, we want you to take it to the next level. Now, the thing is, I had a whole idea to do this with a real orchestra, but for some reason, and I'm not sure what the reason is, they didn't have the budget for this record for real strings, which is outrageous for a, for a group who had already had a lot of success by the time we did go West, but they just didn't have the budget for it. So I had to do that by programming, uh, or I had written some synth strings and I manifested them with synths. But of course I was, I was not happy with the whole thing, uh, having, having to do that, do it that way, but, but they didn't have any choice. That's all the, yeah. what they had a budget for. So I used a real brass section and there's wow. a kind of a jazzy brass section going on in there. And mm. uh, uh, that was fun. And then of course we also used a lot of singers. So they right. wanted to have a male choir of Broadway singers, uh, wow. you know, sort of doing um, go well, but they, but they wanted it to sound <laughs> like uh there is nothing like a dame and nothing in this world. They wanted it to sound really macho and over the top. So I said, well, okay, the best way to do that is to go go to New York and do it. And they said, fine, we'll do that. So wow. um, 
it was tremendous. Um, we we booked um, a, about. I think it was probably when I think about it, it was probably about eighteen men from uh, various Broadway shows, and wow. they flew me to New York. It was quite glamorous. They seemed to yeah. have the money, the money to fly me to New York and, and yeah. in New York, but they didn't have the money for real strings. I don't get it. But anyway, they blew, they blew the budget on, on the male voice choir, obviously, well, that yeah, was yeah. the priority. And that was really fun because the guys were great. And uh, of course, they were, shall we say, of a certain ilk. And <laughs> they uh they certainly you know all the jokes were flying and in oh, fact yeah. i actually i actually did <laughs> something and it wasn't on purpose although they said it was because i got you know i i had my my score there in front of me and i and i usually have a pencil to mark if there are any special places of interest that it, so mm. of course i dropped my pencil and i had to bend over to to pick it up and they said oh somebody's showing off so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it was great fun. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> I mean, wasn't really, you went... It wasn't planned. <laughs> Sometimes it's the, the best things that, that are not planned, but spontaneous. Um, so well, wow, so you you went and conducted them as well as as yes. you know. So wow, amazing. amazing. Yeah, they took me over to do that, and I, it was great fun, and I'm so so glad to have done it. I I wish I could have remembered all the names of the guys who were you know who were doing it because it was it was uh, they were obviously the cream of uh, the Broadway stage, and they were very good. I mean, yeah. they really they really knew what to do, and and also the arrangement that I had I had done for the choir mm. was not exactly what I'd call totally easy. Because I right. did. Sing. Oh, well, I know. I, I've sung your arrangements before, Richard. Oh, I know. yes, you have. So you, so you know what's, what's happening. But even in that context, I, I had some interesting voicings that, that they made work very well. So, so that was that was great fun. And then afterwards, because it was such a hit, we did it at the Brit Awards of that year. Amazing. And Amazing. except that for the Brit Awards, we couldn't obviously use those guys. So they decided let's use welsh miners because you know the welsh mining uh choirs yeah. are famous and so uh my my very good friend and and fixer uh graham perkins booked two not just one two welsh <laughs> wow. choirs we had they're three, already big enough aren't they <laughs> well it was it was 150 singers each so we had 300 wow. singers on stage at the Brit Awards. If you go and uh, look That's at the amazing. videos, there's a, there's there are videos on on uh, YouTube, and yeah, and that and <clears throat> before we did it, we recorded because the, the recording side of it was going to be completely crazy to do this yeah. uh, live. So what yeah. we did was we took the singers to a studio near where the Brit Awards were being held, and mm -hmm. we recorded them first. And then they right. had a, they had a, the backing track that they were going to use, and and they they put that on there. And then when we got to the stage, they sung live, but we were using the backing track. Right. We were using what we had recorded yeah. before. But I was recording in a miner's helmet. Um, <laughs> actually, I do have the picture here. Hold on. No way. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Uh, you won't see it very well, but here it is. Okay, so there, there are, oh, are wow. Chris and Neil, 
and there yeah. I am on the side of the stage here in a minor. Oh my gosh! Moment. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Amazing! And there wow. are all those miners. So, so what fun, huh? Well, so that was what nineteen ninety. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess ninety four maybe or okay. Yes, sometime around Amazing. that, 90, 92, 93, 94. Yeah. I can't remember exactly off the top of whatever head I have left. <laughs> but but wow. that was that was great fun, and I I guess um, Neil always felt that uh, I was the guy to go to if he wanted to do something a little bit more sort of harking back to something else. And uh, mm. Radio Richard, share, subscribe, even donate. Then we did all kinds of stuff. We did um, some Broadway-ish type things. We did a song, uh, Noel Coward song. They were going to do a, a Noel Coward musical, but which never oh, quite wow. came off. But they did two songs, uh, If Love Were All, which is a beautiful oh, song. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. yeah well, you should hear one. I'll, I'll send you the version I did with the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's on, it's on YouTube. And, okay. uh, and another song called Tall Thin Men which was a kind mm. of very, very Broadway type of thing that we did yeah, with, yeah. with a with a real ensemble and, and of course, uh, Neil singing. And yeah. um, then they Amazing. asked me, because when they knew about Banzilla, uh, Neil, we were talking about uh, this song, Can You Forgive Her? Right. And Can You Forgive Her? I, I really loved that song and I thought it was mm. really a great lyric. Mm -hmm. And... And we were talking about in the studio one day about how good it would sound as a as a jazz tune, and mm. so Neil said, "Yeah, I'd love to do it like that." And I and I was just coming up to a concert at the Jazz Cafe with Banzilla, and uh, Richard Darbyshire from Living in a Box came to sing at it, and uh, there was a possibility at the time that possibly. Corinne from uh, Swing Out Sister would come and do it. But but uh, I said, look, if you'll come and sing at my gig, I'll do this arrangement for you for nothing. So he said, great, I'll do it. What fun. And yeah. um, sadly, you know, up to the day of the concert, we were waiting for him to show up for for uh, for the for the rehearsal before the gig. And yeah. sadly, I got a call from uh well he called graham perkins who was the fixer on it and said sorry i can't make it i've got laryngitis i can't can't do it <laughs> so so that was unfortunate so actually he got an arrangement for free but <laughs> but I, but it was still great to do and and we we um i produced uh, a really great, great track. If anybody gets a chance to hear the swing version of Can You Forgive Her, it is okay. killing. And Nigel Hitchcock takes a solo on it, which is absolutely classic. I mean, it's just Amazing. one of the greatest saxophone solos ever recorded of all time. And, you know, wow. for, for Nigel Hitchcock, he does that every afternoon. But <laughs> nevertheless, this is, this is a pretty amazing thing. And everybody played great. Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, it was wonderful. I'm going to look it up. Is it, is it on Spotify and everything? Like yeah, that? I, I'm sure it'll be somewhere. Can you forgive yeah. her? Just go okay. for swing version or something like that. It's certainly okay. on, it's on YouTube. Um, yeah. And then, and then uh, we later did uh, uh, go west yet again 
with mm -hmm. the London Gay Men's Choir. Oh, amazing. Which was all, all kinds of fun. Uh, yeah. They were, they, I must say, they didn't quite have the sense of humor as the guys on Bro the Broadway guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there you are. But, and uh, yeah, it was, it was but just was a really great experience to do that. Again, conducting the choir live. And that was live. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so I've had a lot of fun doing stuff like that. I also uh, did the Pet Shop Boys Overture to performance. They did a concert, oh, wow. concert tour of the world in 1991, where right. they toured with members of the Royal Ballet. Wow. Incredible, staged by, I'm trying to remember who actually did it, but it was staged by some famous Royal Ballet director and mm -hmm. uh, was an amazing show. If you ever get a chance to look at the, uh, there's a video yeah. of it. Costumes, wow. dancing, stunning. And so they called me up and they said, hey, Rich, uh, we're doing this thing and we want an overture and we want it to be eight songs of ours, but arranged into an overture for, for wow. a big orchestra. And I said, how Have fun. They said, what have you got? So we ended up doing it with an 85 piece orchestra. Again, it was Banzilla wow. within a much larger orchestra and it was yeah. huge. And, and actually on that one, we had the famous bass player, Nathan East, come and play cool. bass. Uh, so that was kind of fun. Wow. And very cool. uh, yeah, so it was a very cool thing. And again, you can you can hear that thing. But I had arranged this thing thinking, wow, I've got these wonderful dancers. So I arranged it thinking of all those dancing. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful costumes and amazing creativity and wonderfulness. So I remember I I went to the gig and I sat down on my seat and I was so ready for this big experience and a spotlight came down on the stage just as I had I had my Hollywood drum roll going you know yeah, and, yeah. and it was a spotlight on a red velvet couch and I thought what the <laughs> I literally thought what the and the spotlight opened up and 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 there it was and the whole eight and a half minute overture played and nothing happened oh you mean it just, that was it like, so after the gig i i went back to backstage to talk to the guys and i said to neil neil what happened with the overture i i said i was expecting dancers and i was he said no no we thought about that but this is better. And I said, well, why is it better? He said, I'll tell you why. He said, at the beginning of these gigs, you know, we're playing, it was at Wembley, you know, it was wow. I mean, inside Wembley, but still Wembley. And yeah. he said, I'm playing, we're doing this world tour with all of these, there's going to be thousands of people at the, at the concert. And what happens at the beginning of the concert is people are noisy. They're <clears throat> eating their crisps. They're doing all this stuff. He said, what happened? when when they hit when it hits that those timpani and the spotlight comes down everybody shuts up it's like an event what's going to yeah. happen yeah said, it's the kind of anticipation the anticipation yeah. what's going to happen and they shut up throughout the whole eight yeah. and a half minutes and they listening to your great music <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true but, actually it's, and, it's, and it's it was absolutely right every single concert was the same and it shut the audience up and it got them in the right frame of mind to hear the rest of the show so yeah, yeah that neil Tennant, he's not stupid <laughs>
clearly not. Clearly so, not. But so, hey, yeah, I it it was. Uh, it's always been great working with them. I also did the proms with them when they did that. Oh, they, they played the overture again at the proms. Oh, amazing! Uh, which was great fun, except that I I wasn't able to come and conduct it, which was a sadness for me. But that was that. And and then they also did a BBC concert orchestra thing where they asked me to arrange a concert orchestra version of their song. I wouldn't normally do this kind of thing. And uh, great name and, as well. <laughs> and, and, yeah, which is also a great song. And uh, mm. I, I we did it with um, a vocalist who I was working with at the time called Kate Winter, great singer. Oh, and, and so that was great fun to do. So I've had a yeah. tremendous creatively fun uh, time with with uh, doing PSB stuff. And yeah. it's been certainly a high point of my career to be working yeah. with people who have such kind of open-minded creative vision. It, the, yeah. the combination works well because, you know, doing crazy stuff is my second nature. So <laughs> it works well. And yeah, you're given an orchestra to play around with the choir, uh, you know, all these different different outlets for that creative energy. So that's amazing. And that spans now over two decades collaboration. Which I, I guess it does. Yeah, yeah. From that first one, yeah. 1988, 98. Yeah, absolutely. More than that. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's incredible. Do, do, I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to say or if you know, but are, are there any plans for anything in the future? Well, I don't have any plans in the future to work with them, but but if they called, uh, the, the one word I would say would be yes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's always fun. It's always interesting. It's always something new. I want to go and listen and watch all those things now. I didn't realize quite the the breadth of all the different collaborations as well with the the ballet and uh, you know I I was aware that they were doing orchestral stuff with you, but I wasn't sure the the, the oh, yeah. extent. And, and you know, they, they, they also wrote a musical. They've done all wow. kinds of really interesting things. And I think they've got a new musical coming or or they've already just just done it. So they're oh, really? they don't they don't just sit around, you know, they, they have no. a lot of fun and do some creative stuff. So they That's deserve amazing. it all. Next week I think maybe we'll talk about breakout. Okay. Yeah. All right. All, all right. right. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, Richard. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Radio Richard. Like, share, subscribe, even donate. Radio Richard. Be informed. Be amazed. Be inspired.